for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Happy Friday to you. So with me, still four feet away, is Kevin. Kevin, how are you today? I'm doing great. Kevin's excited just to have something to do for Jesus. I like it when people talk about themselves in the third person. You know, remember when, uh, what was his name? Mike Tyson. Remember that? But he had had his head hit like 62,000 times. <laughs> Mike's not happy with you, you know? And then that guy was a knucklehead back when he was. I remember he used to go around beating people up and stuff. He was in a traffic jam, and uh, uh, this guy in, behind him beeped the horn. He got out of the car and jumped out, and the guy behind him got out of the car and jumped out and just beat the snot out of him. It was a, it was a soldier from Fort Meade. He beat him like a stepchild. It was ugly, folks. And, and I know that's not a good expression. I had the greatest stepfather ever. But. Anyway, uh, old Mike used to say things like, Mike wants to go there. Can you get Mike a cup of coffee? I mean, it, was, it was hard watching the guy. So, uh, all right. So, brother, here's the question. Name the place where Jesus walked on water. It would be, I'll, I'll give you three answers, and they're all right. The Sea of Galilee, the Lake of Gennesaret. Yeah. And- and um, the Sea of Tiberias. A lot of things happened out there on the Sea of Galilee, folks. It's a... A lot of things went on. I mean, there was sinking going on, Christ sleeping. I mean, he crossed that Sea of Galilee, went over to the Maniac of Gadara. There was things, there's some good stuff going on there at the Sea of Galilee and way below sea level. The water's always bouncing around everywhere. But today, I want to focus, so our words of the day or our thought of the day, the word of the day, is this idea of unfailing love, unconditional love. And uh, it's, it's only God. So when you're going through life and you say, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, stop. There is one that mm. loves you. The Bible says, but God commendeth his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can I let you know something, brethren? Christ died for you. That's how much he loves you. I don't know how many people in your life will die for you. I bet you there's a couple. Uh, I bet your spouse probably would. Your parents probably would. But I'm talking about a savior who died for you. Uh, that's a pretty big deal. And uh, he that loveth not knoweth not God. So if you don't love, you don't know God. And then the verse says, but for God is love. Charity suffereth long. It's kind. We all know that wonderful chapter of 1 Corinthians 13. And that word charity is a, an old word for love. Love is a big deal, Kevin. And, and the only true, uh, true love is that love that comes from God. How true. You know, the love of man you know, man to woman, woman to man is a very good picture of the love of God um, for people <clears throat> and the love that we have for God. There's a book in the Bible, Hosea. Hosea married a woman who was very unfaithful. She ran away a couple times. He went and bought her back from a, you know, naked from a slave market of of, uh, of sexual trafficking. And uh, she ran off again. But um, in her in her flights of fancy, when she go off and do this kind of stuff, this is what God said to Israel or Ephraim, um, and he used he was using the illustration of a man and a woman who was unfaithful, and he said, "How shall I give thee up, O Ephraim? How shall I deliver thee, Israel? In other words, deliver deliver thee. In other words, just say, well, go and don't come back. I don't care." Um, 
And he said at the end of the verse, my, this is Hosea 11, 8, mine heart is turned within me. My repentings are kindled together. This is God talking. And basically it's God saying, I have an unfailing love. You're failing. You're, you're literally saying, let me go. Quit loving me. And God's saying, how can I quit loving you? I can't. I don't know how to. I am love. I've set my love upon you. I thought you set your love upon me. And now you've, you've unset it upon me. You've unchose me. You've walked away. But I don't unchoose you, and I still love you. And, uh, Doug, if we have a God that's that faithful, that he'll just, you know, chase us down. You know, love, the Bible says love is as fire. You know, you cannot, many waters cannot quench love. If that's the love of God, if he loves us so much, then uh, I think we ought to just go ahead and live for him. That's the love that we want, and that's the love that we should buy. And hereby, it says in First John 3, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. What a hard mm. thing to follow. Uh, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. And uh, are you afraid? Do you have fear? Can I tell you what casteth out? God. You know, and mm. Jesus and uh, and folks, this is good stuff. You know, this unfailing, this unconditional love, and and Kevin immediately equated that that God shows us this for our marriages, for our relationships, mm. and uh, and that's so important. What a great God we serve! What a God we mm. serve! And uh, I'm so thankful we get to serve Him. So we continue on uh, looking at what the Bible has to say about the life of Christ. We've been in the Book of John. We've been digging around. We've been hopping in. We've been ruminating. We've been talking about all these different things. We find ourselves in a chapter change, and I'm pretty excited about that. I even played the drum there. For, I don't even know how I do that. <laughs> Sometimes I hit. The, I was trying to hit another button that said amen, but I can't find that button anymore. So uh, anyway, just don't even mess with buttons. That's what that means. But amen. here we are. We're in John 13, uh, chapter 13. We're starting in verse 1. We're doing three verses today as we look at Christ, and we look at his life, and we talk about unfailing. Love. Now, therefore, now before it says in verse number one of chapter 13, before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. That's what the devil does. The devil puts things in our hearts, puts them on our mind, gets us thinking, you know, Kevin's no good, this person's no good, that person's hurting you, this preacher don't love you, this woman hates you, whatever. The, boy, the devil wants to do that in our life. You know what the devil hates is when we say, hey, you know, get the behind me there, Satan, get mm -hmm. out of here. Mm -hmm. I serve a great God, and he's bigger than you. And greater is he that is in me than is he that is in this world. I serve a great God. And then there in verse three, it says, Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hand, that he was come from God and went to God. So I, I wanted to come in here today talking about unfailing love, this idea that God's love is bigger than any of us. We talked about that, but God commendeth his love toward us. Well, we were yet sinners before any of us were born. Christ died for us. That's love, brethren. That's unfailing love. And uh, so we know that the Feast of the Passover, just before that, this significant Jewish festival, uh, and, and Jesus knew it's a crucial moment in his life. And so many people want to disassociate 
disassociate or sometime, somehow, Kevin, detach our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from Israel, detach somehow our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from Jewish tradition. They want to say, well, God was never about that. He was a Palestinian. Stop it. Mm-hmm. We serve a God of love. We serve a God that was a Jew, that is a Jew. He's mm-hmm. a completed Jew. He's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. There's a betrayal coming. Judas is there, Kevin. What's going on there? Yeah, well, Judas, and you, know, you talk about unfailing love. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, stuck by him to the end. He didn't talk about him up until then. He just, he loved him to the end. And this passage is, brother, this is the kind of thing that, really is is life-changing where it says having loved his own which were in the world he loved them unto the end everybody wants a hero everybody wants someone that you can put up there and say that's the kind of guy that i want to be around you know i want to emulate that well here's someone that 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 did his life to his dying breath Loved people. Now, keep in mind, so this is the beginning of Jesus' farewell to his disciples. And there's several chapters here, and these all took place in a very short period of time, really the big scope of things, but a day or two, as I recall. But this, this statement where he loved them to the end, he was about to be betrayed by one of them, like you were saying, and then... The rest were going to flee except for John and Peter. Peter followed afar off and ended up cussing and swearing, denying the Lord. And then John, you know, he, he kind of stuck it out. But, but you know, he, he wasn't right, 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 right next to him. So the point that I'm getting as I'm looking at this thing is that we have a God who actually is going to stick with us just, you know, to, to the very, very, very end of anything that we're going through. So if you're going through a desertion, if you're going through someone that left you and died, for instance, they they went off to, to heaven and you know if or if they weren't even saved, they just went and that's that's and it's that's its own trauma, losing someone that you don't know if they got saved or that openly rejected until the end. Remember we have a savior that's not that way. They, they, you know, whatever took place in your life, Jesus is going to love you to the end. Jesus loved that person to the end. Of every situation that's going on, the bottom line is this the problem is sin, the answer is Jesus Christ. Jesus is going to love you to the end. Let's go ahead and stick on his side. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Folks, we'll be right back with you. Don't go anywhere. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. that yes jesus loves me yes jesus <laughs> loves. folks i could sing that over and over again sometimes Amen. we need to inject that in our lives You're right yes jesus loves me i mean man if i could mm. sing i just belt that out mm. right now but listen folks when we think about love i love the direction uh not harping too much on the word there but i am a little bit but i like that direction kevin where 
you know, so often we try to separate the love of God from the love we be, we should be showing to others in our life. So often we try to say, well, there's one kind of love for God. And we know that's agape love. Nobody can love the way. I get that. But don't you dare stand up and mess someone over and treat people bad and all that and say that you're a child of God. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to live in that. Hey, I've been around the knuckleheads. I've been around the pastors. I get it. I, you know, 99 out of 100 pastors I know are the best people walking the face of the earth. I wish I could introduce you to all my supporters. These are people who walk with God. Mm-hmm. But, folks, can I tell you, there's knuckleheads out there, not only in the pastorate. They're, they're everywhere we go. But don't separate God's love with the love that you should be showing because of God's unfailing love, you should be a little bit different. You should reflect on the profound love that Jesus gave you. And somehow during that reflection, somehow during that process and somehow put all those things together and say, God, how can I love like you? How can I love like this? How can I care about people like this in my life? How can I put up with people when they're no longer easy to put up with? How can I live? Hey, let me tell you, God has the answers for those things. Kevin, this was what I was thinking about as we were talking about unfailing love. And have you ever met a Christian that's godly, that's right with God, that loves so much they completely changed their life? Yes, sir. I I have met some people that I would say were Christ-like in their love. Yeah. And and you knew that in that when you didn't understand their their tokens of of love, and you didn't even like. I'm sometimes dumb as a box of rocks. On some, someone will offer me something, and I'll be like, yeah, whatever. And and you just you know you just don't catch that 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 person's got. It's motivated by warm thoughts, benevolent thoughts, and you you end up neglecting it or rejecting it. And I can think of my grandfather that um, he just kept on loving me when I was lost, and I I just was a knucklehead. I was lost, and he'd invite me to church, and I'd come sit there and twiddle my thumbs, make noise, drop my offering on the floor, my quarter, you know, make all kind of noise on the hardwood floors in the little church. But, you know, he just kept on loving me, never, never uh, berated me for my, un, for my lack of uh, requiting the love. And that's Christ-like love, unrequited love that does not let us go. It's, it really is unfailing love. So that, that and answer you to question, Doug, that's, uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But if I can just mention this on the Scripture, I just as you were talking, I was also looking at the Scripture where it says, um, so you, in in John 13, verse 1, it's the verse that says that Jesus knew that his hour was come. He loved him to the end. Then there follows three verses that form one sentence. Supper being ended, devil put into the These are all little phrases, little modifiers. The supper was ended, devil put into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray him. Jesus knew that his father had given all things in his hand. He's come from God, went to God. He rose from... So that they all lead up to this action in verse 4. He riseth from supper and layeth aside his garment, took a towel and gird himself. So this great humiliation or the emptying of himself of his... Uh, of of his glory, you know, it's kind of picture of the of the I think we call it the kenosis, the emptying of himself. Hebrew, uh, Philippians chapter two, but he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel 
and girded himself. So his decision. Getting ready to wash some feet, praise God. Yeah, it, it, he's headed to the worst trauma of his life. I mean, I would be like freaking out like, hello, does anybody care? You know, the King Saul. This is a preview of Monday, by the way, folks. <laughs> King Saul was the opposite of that. King Saul was in a battle. Things were not going well. And, and he's taking people aside and saying, don't any of you people care? No one feels sor- sorry for me. And um, Jesus was not that way. He was the opposite. Because And why was he the opposite? So how do we conquer the selfishness within us, the King Saul narcissism that dwells within each one of our breasts? Um, the answer is knowing that God has given all things in his hands. In other words, knowing that God is, you know, all things are ours, it says. We are Christ and Christ is God's. So Jesus committed all things to our hands in Christ that he was come from God. So we God made us. He went to God. It's, we know we're going to heaven. So because of these s- secure situations, we can rise from supper, lay aside our garments, and do something really humble, really humiliating. We can lay aside our pride, Doug. We can say, you know what? It's not about me. I'm going to go ahead and eat some humble pie here. I'm going to take some lumps that I don't deserve because I'm going to heaven. God's given all things to me. I have no complaints. And um, he's committed, you know, so many blessings to me. He's been so good. I'm going to walk through this suffering. I'm going to walk through this affliction confidently, and I'm going to be a blessing to people because he took a towel and girded himself. I'm going to go ahead and be a blessing to people during this time of my affliction, entering in to a difficult time because of the security that I have in Christ. Boy, that's good. And, and, and you know what, folks? Oft times, many times, I hear from people, well, my friends don't care about me, or I have no friends, or people I relied on let me down, or my wife was a jerk, or my husband was a jerk, or these things that are going on. And sometimes you just need a friend. Yeah. Can I tell you what a friend we have in Jesus? <laughs> and, right. Oh, I mean, he's a friend. He, he, no greater friend, right? I mean, here's, here's a God that loves you so much that he died for your sin. Sometimes perspective is absolutely paramount. And when we're walking through this life and we're dealing with these things that are trauma and traumatizing and we turn on TV and we see all these different things going on and there's trials, there's temptation. seems like they're every single place we look today. It seems like, you know, uh, Debbie and I will drive down the road. We were driving down the road, went to see my son and my daughter-in-law, our, our, our son and our daughter-in-law uh, today, and we always enjoy that visit. But on the way, we, we had Fox News playing in the truck, and boy, it'll, it'll just take you to a bad place. Mm. And there's trials system, but there's always God. When it seems like there's no answer, when it seems like there's no friend, so I guess what I'm telling you is capitalize on that unconditional, unfailing love. Mm. Cash in on it, brethren. You can do it. It's all right. You know, wake up in the morning and pray. And before your feet hit the floor, thank God for the day. Even though it's miserable, your back hurts, your side hurts, your legs hurt. Get it. Been there. Done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin and I were exchanging ibuprofen a little while ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Because I'm telling you, you got a God that loves you in an unfailing way. He's always going to love you. It's not going to change. Kevin, how do we turn that into uh, action in our lives? 
Yeah, that love, you know, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given to us. So in any situation, I think it's okay to say, Lord, I don't look at that person with love. I do not feel love toward this person. You are going to have to love him or her through me. And, and, and so that sounds really abstract. But the reality is when, you know, Jesus beholding him, loved him. It's all about the snarky, rich, young ruler. So when we look at a situation, look at a person, look at a problem, look at a trauma that we're in or entering into or looking back at a trauma, I think the best best lens that we can hold up is is the love of God. This person, God loves people. I mean, he just does. He loves people. So I had someone attack me, you know, you've been attacked. Just about everyone that's listening here has suffered some yeah. kind of attack, criticism, unjusting. I'm not talking about suffering because you did something knuckleheaded in school and you were you were taken out and disciplined. I'm talking about you were attacked. If you get hurt and attacked that way, you know what? Start off with, Lord, give me pity toward this person. Yeah. yeah. Greater love have no man than this that a man laid down his life for his friends man i'm so glad to be a friend of christ we love you guys we hope you have the happiest friday the best friday look up today look up to god and by the way friday is bible day dig in that bad boy we sure do love you god bless you pray for kevin and his coach may god bless you thank you thank you for listening to our broadcast at help for wounded spirits we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.